Hello, and welcome to our Secular Sponsor Speaker Series. Each week, we hear from an Overeaters Anonymous member who has obtained and maintained abstinence without God and has served as a sponsor to other members. The series also provides opportunities for secular OA members who don't have a sponsor or are interested in exposure to a variety of points of view to learn from the experiences of others. We encourage everyone to sponsor others up to the level of their own recovery or to use these tools with each other as peers. If you're willing to sponsor to work as a peer, please post a message at oasecularforum at gmail.com. For additional information about abstinence without God, go to secularovereaters.org. And now, let's hear from this week's Secular OA sponsor. In Secular OA meetings and in Secular AA, there's some criticism of the 12 steps as being too negative. In the 12 steps, the word wrong appears twice, defects and shortcomings once each, and amends twice. And you usually make an amend because you've done something wrong. Our philosophical ancestors, the Oxford group, called for repeated confessions as um, their mode of living. Most of our overeaters already think pretty badly about ourselves, and some find more negative, more negativity hurtful. Many sponsors and work groups make some balance uh, with the positive and the step, so it's, you know, it, it's balanced from the wording of the step. And so in thinking about steps four and five and eight and nine, um, uh, I've asked Alan to come and talk a little bit about positivity. So thank you, Alan. Hi, I'm Alan, a food addict. Let me start with, I've been in OA 31 years. My top physical weight was 335 pounds. You can see this, this is, what I look like, another one to give you a sense of what I look like. I'm currently abstinent just over six years. Of the 31 years, I've been abstinent 26 of them, but I had three relapses. I've had as much as like 14 and a half, just chunks. So 26 out of 31 years, I was abstinent five years and relapsed. Just a little bit of my story. I have kind of an extreme story. I, I lost my dad uh, as an infant, so I'm once in my life was raised by my mother and grandmother. My mother struggled with mental health issues, um, at least severe depression, maybe schizophrenic, not really sure. What that meant practically is that she um, couldn't hold a job. So we lived on public assistance, welfare in New York City in the 60s. Um, we lived in what you would call a ghetto neighborhood with violence and crime. My physical safety was a core issue for me. I was um, beaten up many times just walking in the streets literally almost beaten to death once with a baseball bat, had my face punched in. I mean, really, you know, significant violence going on. Sometime into it, my grandmother had a stroke and shortly thereafter died. My mother struggled with ongoing depression. Um, she had multiple suicide attempts. Starting when I was about 12, she started asking me to commit suicide with her. I have memories of her literally handing me a bottle of sleeping pills and just telling me, you know, our life is hopeless. You know, we have no money. We're alone. There's violence. You know, let's just go to sleep and escape this misery. And that was the, the message I got. I would literally cry myself to sleep at night by telling myself all the negative things in my life that, you know, my mother wanted me to die. I didn't have a father. I was being beaten up. We were poor. You know, I would literally just, just cry myself to sleep every night thinking about all the harsh things in my life. When I was 13, my mother took the sleeping pills for maybe the fourth time. And this time, 
because of the multiple suicide attempts, she lost custody of me. Uh, she went off to a long-term psychiatric institution, which was kind of a snake pit. And I ended up um, living in a foster home for the rest of my childhood. That all said, food was my friend. You know, um, if I could get something that tasted sweet or good or yummy, um, that was it. I would steal food, I would shoplift from candy stores and this and that. That pretty much from day one, 200 pounds by the time I was 14, you know, um, just off to the races. I don't want to make this too much of an OA story, you know, just sort of focus on the topic. But let's just say I had good reason to eat. I ate plenty. And by the time I was 20, I was over 300 pounds. My first OA meeting was at a church and they um, talked about God and people shared about Jesus Christ. I was an atheist of sorts and I freaked. So this is a Christian group. I ain't Christian. I left. Came back seven years later. Someone took me to a meeting. That particular speaker was not talking of God. They were talking about how overweight they were and what they did and what happened. So I kept coming back. Eventually, um, you know, got a sponsor, worked the steps, lost weight. And again, that would, I won't go too into that because that would be a whole other story. But I sort of want to jump to the topic of positivity. I think because I had so much extreme negativity in my, in my childhood, it kind of burned into me. You know, as I just shared, I really started to wonder, is there something to do to counter that? And I, lo and behold, there's something called positive psychology, and there's research and information about making yourself more positive that actually helps. And it turned out the University of Pennsylvania is like one of the key places for that research. A guy named uh, Martin Seligman, he's a researcher, you know, recommends me some of his books. You know, I won't talk much about it because it's not our literature, but I started looking at the science of positivity um, and learned that there's things you can do to make your brain think differently and feel differently, and it's effective. I'll just talk about some of the things that have worked for me. You know, we're going to be doing an exercise where you do your own positivity, so you might want to take notes. If, if something jogs your own memory, either either on what I'm saying or in your saying, you know, just write a quick note so you, you, know, you can kind of use it later if you choose. The key thing here I want is just put out getting all of us to think about what positivity we already use in our life, because people, everyone does at different levels, how to make those positivity stronger, either by more repetition or making more robust, but strengthening our existing positivity tools. And then look at other tools we might add and how might our fellowship help us, our friends, our sponsors, our fellowship to create more positivity in our lives. And the whole goal of positivity from an OA perspective is, for me, not everyone's like this, for me, I think the number one reason I put food in my mouth is I am hurting. I am uncomfortable for any of a number of reasons. Maybe it's physical because I, you know, I'm feeling sore. More likely it's emotional. Some life issue is scaring me, making me anxious. And I learned at the earliest age, you know, just put that sweet, yummy, starchy thing in my mouth. And for a few minutes, it feels kind of better. And for the rest of the world, people, they talk about comfort food, right? Everyone jokes, oh, let's go have some comfort food. Let's have a glass of wine. And for people that don't have eating disorders, that works for them. You know, they, they, they moderate by comforting themselves with a little food here and there. Problem is, I don't. It keeps going. It gets a life of its own, you know, and I end up 300 pounds or I'll have diabetes and a heart attack and blah, 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 you know. So I can't use food to make myself feel comfortable. Um, so instead... 
I have to do other techniques to feel more positive or better about myself because food's not a good choice for me, you know, and that's the whole reason I'm seeking, um, you know, ways to positive, call it positive. And you call it positivity, you could call it, you know, inner comfort, feeling good, happiness, pick your word, you know, how you language things is just a personal preference, but it's changing those inner states one way or another. The thing that helps me the most is exercise personally. Something just happens, you know, I won't give a biological lecture on exercise, but I found that if I get my heart rate up and I do it regularly, um, I just feel better. It's just easier to live, easier to be abstinent. Oh, I thought about even making exercise a tool at World Service one year. It didn't get enough votes, but, you know, um, I can't say enough about it. And I've just been doing that almost daily for years at one level, whether it's a walk or a bike ride, and it just helps me feel better about life. Another one that's probably a little different than maybe others would be um, music. And for me, literally, there's music that's been designed what they call posi music. It's literally music that has themes and sounds to affirm your feelings about yourself, your life, your love. If anyone's interested, I'll put my thing in the email. I've started to put together like some websites that have it. But I literally almost every day for years and years, sometime while I'm exercising or doing this and that, play some of it, you know, and it's just basically chanting in my brain in one form or another, Alan, you know, like yourself more, feel better about yourself more, love yourself more, you know, and it, it starts to create new patterns because I'm having to counter those young childhood patterns, which is the exact opposite, you know, and so I'm probably a little more, more fanatical about positivity than most, maybe because I had to overcome more than your average bear from what I went through. Another one is gratitude. You know, we often talk about that a lot in a way. At least twice a day, I'll just do that basic exercise, name a few things I'm grateful for. It can be very simple things like I live in a Western democracy and have hot water and plumbing and blah, blah, blah. It can be for people in my life. It could be that I'm abstinent. I mean, I just pick things and really try to feel into it. Like, you know, thank you. I have this. Not everyone does, you know, like to really lean into gratitude. Something I do intermittently, but it's, it's good stuff. And I'm trying to do it more is what I call mirror work. I literally have like a little hand mirror and I look myself in the eye, really try to make eye contact with Alan um, and say nice things aloud. Just say nice things aloud. It's it's a little weird, right? Like if somebody was looking at you, they think you're, you know, sort too many fairy tales about mirrors on walls. But, you know, I just literally try to look in that mirror and say, Alan, I love you. You are a good human being. You know, you are worthy of a good life. You know, I, and something about making eye contact with yourself and saying it. I and mean, again, I don't know the science of it, but it sure does feel like it's a powerful thing to do. And, and I, I, know, I know people have studied mirror work as a therapeutic tool. Let's see, another one is relationship building. And, you know, if I was to go to OA World Service and try to make a new tool, it would be fellowship and relationships. Um, and again, maybe I'm the extreme case because I went through much of my life. Uh, I didn't mention I had no siblings, no aunts, no uncles. So when I went off to foster home at 13, it was like me alone in the world. And so I worked really hard to build relationships. And something I heard recently that helps me think about relationships, one is the length of the relationship, like how long you've known people or how much time you spend connected and trying to keep that longevity. So I think that is the length. The second is the depth and the depth is how deep you go. You know, talking about personal things with a lot of honesty and heartfelt feelings. So I try to strengthen the depth of relationships. And then there's the width and the width is 
the scope of things you share, you know, that, you know, you don't just like, you know, some of my OA friends, we used to just talk OA, but now we talk about other things in life. We read books together. We talk about ideas or this or that, you know, so you kind of widen the scope. You talk about our personal health. And so having relationships that are long, deep and wide, um, I find quite helpful. Then another one I'm working on is mindful eating. And um, this is a little bit of a slightly different topic, but it's positive too. I used to eat like a vacuum cleaner, you know, and get food would drip out. I, I joke that I would have to buy six packs of spot remover because I, you know, everything had stains on it because I ate so fast. And so I'm now really aspiring to eat slowly. And um, just quickly what that looks like for me is I always do this four breath exercise. And in breath one, I look at what I'm about to eat, just acknowledge and kind of look at it visually. The second is I think about how I'm going to get it on my fork so it doesn't end up on my shirt. So I actually think about like the physical movement of it. Um, the third is where to put my utensils down because I used to put them in bad spots and, and that doesn't contribute well either. And then the fourth is while I'm eating it to really taste it, chew it, slow it. And what happens is I start to really enjoy my food. Like meals become really positive, like yum, yum, you know, like it lasts longer, it's more, um, more present. So there's a positivity in mindful eating. Meditation, some, you know, I have to admit, I kind of suck at meditation. I've tried different techniques. I feel like I'm always just thinking about what I'm going to do the rest of the day while I'm supposed to be saying some mantra or something. But, but I continue to work at it and, and make progress. And I do think it's a positive thing. Positive media. Uh, this is a big thing for me. So, you know, anyone who watches the news, right, it's just full of disasters and this and like, like you know, it's almost all negativity. In fact, it's all, I consider it like, like negative news pornography, right? Oh, we have a car that crashed. Let's look at it from seven angles. Let's look at the flames burning. Let's, I mean, they thrive on getting us all excited on, you know, these, these negative images, the floods, the volcanoes, whatever. And so I realized that stuff doesn't, it doesn't, it's not good for me to watch too much of that. Um, so instead, I found that there's all these like newsletters out there and magazines that more or less have names like good news in the world, optimism, positivity. So I get a few of those coming in every day. I get, I get one on kindness, one on goodness, one on positive optimism. And I just read about good things. And there's really good things happening in the world, like lots and lots of them, you know, and I try to put focus my energy on that. And so I really try to look for positive media, positive movies. I'll never watch like a dystopian horror movie, cut them up, shoot them up movie. I'll look for movies about, you know, kids who made it after bad childhoods. I mean, I just look for good stories every place I can with media. Service, there's a really good feeling about helping people. For me, I do a fair amount of service, some in the secular community. I also do a fair amount in um, because of my relapses, I learned a fair amount about how to, how to prevent relapses. And so I've been giving talks at OA, different groups about relapse prevention. There's just a nice feeling when you help people. You know, it's, I think it's like, I thought about it. To me, it's three parts. One is, it just feels good to know you're helping someone. Like you feel like you've made a difference and making a difference inherently feels good. That's one. The second is, often the person comes back with some external validation. You know, they just say, oh, thank you, I appreciate that. And it's kind of nice to be validated. You know, it's just a nice feeling to get that kind of external validation. And then the third is, I think it breaks my self-centered ego. Like at some level, 
everything's all about me. You know, like I'm always like, what does Alan need? What does Alan want? And also I let go of that and open my bond to someone else. And something kind of interesting happens when there's that shared space and the me goes, becomes a we, you know, like the, the me consciousness goes into a we consciousness. That seems powerful, you know, and I don't fully know how that works or even a little bit, but it does seem palpable and important. Another one is laughter. I try to find things that make me laugh, you know, um, more often it's just TV, like TV shows that are funny to me and, you know, everyone's got different senses of it. Occasionally watching comics, laughter is a good thing, you know, hearing jokes from friends. Uh, at one point I was doing, looking at this thing called laugh yoga, which is this intentional laughing with abdominal breathing. Laughter is a good thing, you know, it's just a positive, good thing. Nature, for sure. I try to get into nature, the beauty of nature, I find quite positive. Um, and um, for many years, I had dogs. My, my dog passed earlier this or earlier last year, but I'm looking for another dog. But there's something so cool about when a dog just sits in your lap and looks at you and you pet it and it wants to lick you. It's like, you know, I mean, I walk around my neighborhood and when I see people, particularly with puppies, I have never seen a puppy. I don't want to like pick up and pet and hold. And, you know, they're like, they're like pure goodness little animals you know I mean, I mean again i'm a dog guy i'm sure for others with cats you know and whatever but there's just something about young animals that are so um just do something to make you feel good you know probably we can study it dopamine and serotonin and you know endocrinephrine or whatever it's called but you know i'm sure there's the science behind why animals make us feel good you know they call them pet therapy and stuff i did when i was meditating well i would have my dog sit on my lap and then I called it meditation because I would pet her while I meditated and that that made my meditation better so um in any case um that is pretty much the uh the tool set you know that I've been using uh and you know it varies um you know my my magic words in a way are like whatever works you know like whatever works you know for you it's going to amusement parks and you know uh, dressing up like a clown going to senior homes, you know, like what, whatever makes you feel positive is, is what it is. But I'm pretty darn sure that the better I feel about myself, the less I need to use my drug of choice food to take that pain away. That, that seems so clear to me, you know, from my experience. And by the way, I'll put my email in the thing. I can, like, if anyone wants, I can send you the music list I have and if there's really an interest, I can put together some of these newsletters I get to, but I, you basically just Google, you know, newspapers about good stuff and you'll see there's a lot of them out there. And, um, you know, I don't know if mine are better than others, but they, they work for me. So that all being said, we're now at the next phase of this uh, little workshop. And that would be if I could have a volunteer from the audience, and I'll tell you in advance what you're volunteering to do. Um, I'm just going to ask you to one, share what positivity, I'll call them practices, tools, you know, thingies that you currently do. Um, then the second question is, is there any way that strengthening them would help you? When I say strengthening them, that could be doing them more often or doing them longer or doing them with more depth and, you know, bigger intensity. So just to ask yourself, you know, how could you increase the effectiveness of your current positivity tool set. And then the third question I'm going to ask you is, uh, is there anything you're not doing, but you're thinking, boy, it would really be good if I, you know, took an art class. It would be really be good if I, 
you know, um, once a week went to, you know, um, place in like read books to children, you know, like, well, like, you know, ask yourself, are there any things that you think would create positivity for you that you're not doing just to kind of say it aloud? And then the fourth question is, um, how might you be able to use OA to help get support to do that? I mean, sometimes it's just talking it through with someone. Sometimes it's accountability. Like, uh, I mean, let's say it's exercise, right? That's the classic one we struggle with, you know, having an exercise buddy. Hey, we'll exercise together. Or if we're not in the same city, we'll at least call each up every morning at 8 a.m. and say, you know what? We're, we're both going to exercise. So let's call back at nine when we're done. Or, or heck, I sometimes am on my uh, headphones exercising while somebody else is in another city exercising on their headphones or just chit-chatting with each other while we're walking or jogging or on a treadmill and it's almost like you're not alone because you have an exercise buddy and I find a lot of things are easier to do in, in fellowship so in any case those are the four questions I'm going to ask the courageous volunteer so Angela thank you for being our little you know volunteer today um, hi thank you so let me ask you question number one what do you currently do that makes you more positive? Um, I do some uh, gratitude work. I actually work with uh, my therapist is a specialist in eudaimonia psychology, which is a positive psychology theory. Uh, so we're doing a few of these things together. Meditation, I love gratitude and and do a form of mirror work. Um, I meant to text my therapist every day, and I told her I, I, I don't want to text you anymore, so I send her selfie videos that are one minute long. Uh, so I'm basically just talking to myself. I'm like, hi, this is what I'm grateful for today, and it's really helped me because I uh, my self-esteem is better. I'm actually getting up and getting somewhat dressed in the morning instead of bobbing around. So uh, those are things that have been helping me recently. Are there any of them that you might want to strengthen? more of more depth more gratitude um i'm not and meditation i'm not doing every i i always struggle with consistency um so i'm not doing them as often as i'd like and i need to do them every single day because it makes me feel good and i want to feel good every day <laughs> great and then can you think of anything else like a new thing you might want to add to your positivity practices yeah i love your idea of positive music so i'll be hitting you up on email for that list and exercise. When I exercise, I feel better, and I, I just, I'm not doing it, and I don't know why. Could you imagine any way to have a way support you or help you in doing exercise? I mean, potentially an accountability buddy or partner, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm really open to suggestion for how OA might help because I'm relatively new to the group, um, so I'd love some ideas. You know, the two things that helped me, I, I had an OA exercise buddy at one point. We were, we were lucky because we lived a mile apart, you know, yeah. but we realized we both wanted to exercise more and we uh, we liked to, we would either do walks or we both liked racquetball, so we became racquetball buddies or sometimes we bike, but it was great. Um, and then eventually the two of us purchased a trainer, like we, you know, both paid half and then the trainer came, right. which made it like a lot cheaper too. And we worked with the trainer together. And it was, was wonderful. It got us both going. So so one is literally find an OA person, if it's possible, to physically exercise with. But if that's not possible, then, um, you know, find some accountability mechanism where you just ask someone, hey, can I call, like you call in our food, like we have food's accountability, you know, you just use exercise yeah. accountability. 
Um, and also, if you can, I just started doing this a little bit. If you literally can be on the phone, it's like you both, like just talk on the phone and both walk around the block, even if you're in different cities or jog around the block. What the heck? It's, you know, and then you could just talk. Yeah, good idea. Hi, Arlene, go. Hi. Um, I, I have to say, I love all the things you said. Um, I have to tell you, you've mentioned before the mindful eating. I started using it. One of the things is I'm going to use it more. And I do a lot of the things you do. The one you didn't mention that I would like to add is just breathing. Just stop for a moment and take a breath, feel the breath, let it out. I find that literally I can feel it oxygenate my brain. I don't know how that works or why it works. I really don't care why. But I find that is a big positive. And um, I use the, the intentional laughter, the ha, 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 he, 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 ho, ho, ho trick. Um, I use music, and I do want your list because I'm always open to more ideas. Um, but thank you. This is just hearing these reminders for me today has been positive. So this is one of the ways that always helped me is that we share this kind of thing at meetings. Pass. I think going to meetings and sharing with other people and laughing is a way to uh, to healing for me. You know, I was talking to poor Kathy. Kathy was stuck in a room with me. And, uh, you know, everything she asked, you know, can you do this? Can you do this? And I was like, nope, I can't do that. I can't do that, you know. But then I started to laugh about it, you know, because it's funny. You know, it's if you, if you can't laugh, you're in trouble. So laughing is good. And... Uh, um, and that's it. I'm so glad I came to this meeting uh, today. Ah, thank you. I'm Vinnie, recovered in North Carolina. Um, yeah, this was a great topic. Um, and I mean, so many of these things I do and I have, and my life is, is so much better for it. Um, and I want to work more myself on, you know, being there, you know, making new friends and, 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 you know, contributing more to, to old friends. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a loner from way back and I'm, I'm always been pretty happy with my, you know, living with myself, but, um, I do get so much more when I contact with other people and, uh, which probably I've been more aware of since we can't have any contact with other people. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this is just great. And um, I think just being aware of, of you know, the desire to, to build a more, um, you know, happy attitude and so forth is, is a good start. Um, and just shedding, shedding the negative. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you for the topic. I spent most of my life looking back and saying to myself, I was never happy ever, except one or two per brief periods of my childhood. But in the last few months, something about the isolation of COVID, which has intensified my own natural loner behavior, got me really thinking. I, I went through all of the thousands of family photographs I have and kept finding pictures of me looking happy. And so I started really trying to think back and trying to remember incidents where I did have a good time with my mother or I did have a good time with my father. And it's really made a huge difference. It hasn't completely stopped the tendency to expect negative, but it's, it's like expanded the sense of what my life was to include a much more, 
much more joy than I had remembered. And that's been really important to me. You know, I'll add something. Um, uh, the person I was in a breakout room with, and I, I won't mention the name because, you know, for anonymity, but the person said that they had a hobby they, they really enjoyed, but they wished they did more of that hobby, but it was a little bit hard to just get themselves to do it, even though every time they did it, they felt happier. And I said, well, maybe you could find a hobby accountability buddy. You could just put in the chat and say, once a week, I'll email you and tell you what my hobby plans are. And you can tell me your hobby plans if you want, or, or, or just not. And like, it's one of these like little things we could so easily do for each other. And sometimes just writing something out and then sending it to someone increases the chances it'll happen. And this person said when they do their hobby, they're happier. So in my group, um, we chatted a little bit about affirmations. And I just thought I would share a little bit about that and my own experience with affirmations. I have found them both useful and frustrating because I think, oh, I should say affirmations and I should believe all this positive stuff about myself. Um, but it's not that simple. So I came to understand that, that saying affirmations or writing affirmations is a way of practicing good thoughts and feelings, right? So nothing in this program has ever worked for me just because I've done it once. I have learned that I'm trying to change patterns and habits. And if I'm trying to change the patterns and habits of my mind and my neurology, it can take a few repetitions. So I have, I've learned to be able to say an affirmation and then give myself a little bit of time to, to feel it. And sometimes I cry because it's like a new feeling and it challenges all sorts of beliefs that I've got. Um, and, and then I might say it again or I might write it you know, a bunch of times, but it's a process. And I have found that over like, we're talking like weeks, months, years, affirmations that I have said have seeped into me and changed me. Um, so I offer that as my experience of like affirmations, not being instant, but being really helpful in the longer term. And I just as a couple of examples, right? One of my favorites is, you know, I'm worth taking care of, you know, I can survive this moment. Um, I can have joy in my life. I can tolerate difficult feelings, right? I mean, there's a whole range of stuff, right? But, um, you know, I get to feel happy, right? So I, that's just been part of my journey. Thanks for letting me share. I'd kind of like to give a plug for affirmations also. There is um, a free app called Think Up that allows you to record your affirmations in your own voice. And um, I found that playing those affirmations, I could just hear them several times in a row, really helped me believe what those affirmations were all about. And um, it does take time. It's not instant because sometimes you're saying something positive about yourself and that little critical voice is going, yeah, right. But after a while, the yeah, right voice becomes very quiet and you can think these positive things about yourself. You can think that you will overcome your difficulties, whatever your affirmations are. So Think Up is the name of the app and it's free. So anybody who likes to use affirmations, um, that's a good place to start. I have a favorite song. It's 
from Annie Get Your Gun. And uh, it's the one that goes, got no diamonds, got no pearls. Still, I think I'm a lucky girl. I got the sun in the morning and the moon, and the moon at night. night. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's all free. The guy literally makes it free just as a gift to the world. There's video and musical versions. It's called Empty Hands Music. I'm just going to pop it in the chat box, the URL. It's like so inspiring for me. But check it out. Most people don't really like it. Thank you for joining us today. To hear recordings of other speakers in this series, visit secularovereaters.org. And while you are there, please consider making a donation to support our work.